0: 2 Samuel chapter 22, last week we started a study of this chapter in which we see a song of thanksgiving and praise by David for the deliverance which had been wrought out in delivering him from the hands of his enemies and we see in verse 1 from delivering him from the hand of Saul who sought to kill him. We also talked about and looked at how David probably looked back upon his life and saw God's continued, continued deliverance. Um, for him from all his enemies. Tonight we'll read verses uh, 1 to 20. And David spake unto the Lord the words of this song in the day that the Lord had delivered him out of the hand of all his enemies and out of the hand of Saul. And he said, the Lord is my rock and my fortress, my deliverer. The God of my rock, in him will I trust. He is my shield and the horn of my salvation, my high tower and my refuge, my Savior. Thou savest me from violence. I will call on the Lord who is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from mine enemies. When the waves of death can past me, the floods of ungodly men made me afraid. The souls of hell compassed me about, the snares of death prevented me. In my distress I called upon the Lord and cried to my God. And he did hear my voice out of his temple, and my cry did enter into his ears. Then the earth shook and trembled. The foundations of heaven moved and shook because he was wroth. There went up a smoke out of his nostrils and fire out of his mouth, devoured. Coals were kindled by it. He bowed the heavens also and came down, and darkness was under his feet. And he rode upon a cherub and did fly. And he was seen upon the wings of the wind. And he made darkness pavilions round about him, dark waters and thick clouds of the skies. Though the brightness before him were coals of fire kindled, The Lord thundered from heaven, and the Most High uttered his voice. And he sent out arrows and scattered them, lightning and discomforted them. And the channels of the sea appeared, and the foundations of the world were discovered at the rebuking of the Lord, at the blast of the breath of his nostrils. He sent from above. He took me. He drew me out of many waters. He delivered me from my strong enemy. And from them they hated me, for they were too strong for me. They prevented me in the day of my calamity, but the Lord was my stay. He brought me forth also into a large place. He delivered me because he delighted in me. Last week we started the study again of this chapter. We looked at verses 1 to 4. We saw that this song of thanksgiving and praise for God continued, for, for God's continued deliverance of David and the trials and situations which occurred in his life. And so he penned these words of praise and thanksgiving. Look again at verses 2 and 3 and we see David using word pictures to explain who and what God is to him. He said, the Lord is my rock my fortress and my deliverer. The God of my rock in him will I trust. He is my shield and the horn of my salvation, my high tower, my refuge, my savior. Thou savest me from violence. Then in verse 4, David brings forth that only Jehovah is worthy to be praised. And this is so true. He is the only one who's worthy, beloved, to be praised. No one else. Only him. Only him. Preachers don't want the praise of men. We want you to praise the one who we preach. That's Jehovah. That's our great God. And when the saint of God calls upon him, he's delivered. When the saint of God calls upon him, he's delivered. He's delivered from his enemies. Look at verse 4. I will call on the Lord who is worthy to be praised. Again, he's the only one. We looked at last week too. What's the anthem in heaven? Worthy is the Lamb. Worthy is he. He's the one, he's the only one who's worthy. We're not worthy to receive any praise, and but he is, because of all he's done for his people. So shall I be saved from mine enemies. Let's read verses five and six together to start our study tonight. When the waves of death passed me, the floods of ungodly man made me afraid. The sorrows of hell can pass me about. The snares of death prevented me. Robert Hawker brings forth that David seems to be looking at the whole of his life in these two verses. And contemplating the many deliverances again, which the Lord had wrought out for him all through his life. And every believer can do that. We can look back and we can see the continued deliverance from different things that we go through in this life. We see in these verses that David compares the many attacks of his enemies to the image of floods pouring in upon his soul. It overwhelms him. It overwhelms him. And how true this is when sometimes we seem to have things coming at us from all different sides. It can be very overwhelming. Very overwhelming. But think this. Think, beloved of God, of the grace that's given to us in and through Christ. In and through Christ. Through him that loves us. And he puts that love in our hearts, beloved. He puts that love in our hearts. And many waters cannot quench that love. Many trials, many tribulations cannot quench that love. We keep loving him, don't we? We keep looking to him. Floods, the floods alive can't drown the love that we have for Christ. And, and think of this. The floods alive cannot drown the love that he has for us. The love that we have for our Savior and for our God is planted in our hearts by his almighty hand, beloved. It wasn't there when we, when we were born into this world. But now that we're born again by the Holy Spirit of God, we have a love for our great God and a love for our Savior that He's given us. And this love of God is shed abroad in our heart, the Scripture says. Shed abroad in our heart. David used other word pictures to describe his trials, the soils of hell and the snares of death, meaning that both hell and death joined in confederacy against him and and the dangers from both. And he knew that he had no power to deliver himself, beloved. He knew that. David knew that. He was a man of war, too. Brave man. He had a lot of courage. But he knew that all came from the Lord. He knew his own weakness. And he get you know, in verse 4 there, when he says, Worthy, worthy is the Lord. Again, last week we looked at how he doesn't give credit to himself. He doesn't give credit to his captains who were with him. No, he says, worthy is the Lord to be praised. Because he knows it's the Lord who's delivered him from all these situations. He has no power to deliver himself. Now, when you consider this in the spiritual sense, it will heighten the deliverance from from the everlasting misery, misery and everlasting death which God's elect have been delivered from, in and through Christ. Brother Roy and I were talking tonight, we don't get what we deserve. We don't get what we deserve. We've been delivered from it. Think of the wrath of God poured out on us for our sins, but we don't get that. Because it was poured out on Christ. What a salvation we have in and through Christ. What a salvation. And think about what Peter brings forth about the sufferings of Christ. Turn, if you would, to Acts chapter 2. Think of what Peter brings forth about the sufferings of Christ. All the time with an eye to the holy nature of Christ, the sinless, spotless Lamb of God. Acts chapter 2. Look at verses 23 to 27. Him, that being Christ, being delivered up by the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God, that means it was God's plan for him to go to Calvary's cross, for him to die in our room and place, ye have taken, and by wicked hands are crucified and slain, whom God hath raised up, and heaven loosed the pains of death, because it was not possible that he should be holden of it. For David speaketh concerning him, I foresaw the Lord always before my face. For he is on my right hand, and that I should not be moved. Therefore did my heart rejoice, and my tongue was glad. Moreover also my flesh shall rest in hope. Because that will not leave my soul in hell. Neither will thou suffer thine holy one to seek corruption. Note in verse 25 there. David speaketh concerning him. I foresaw the Lord always before my face. He was ever with him. It's true for every believer. The Lord's ever with us. For he's on my right hand that I should not be moved. See, David's confidence isn't in himself. It's in God. It's in Christ. And that's our hope, isn't it? That's our only hope. We can say, I shall not be moved, but only because Christ keeps us. (laughs) We'd be uh, in a heap of trouble if we were left to ourselves. He being holy, he being sinless, he being the perfect spotless lamb of God, he was incapable of being held by the cords of death in the grave. And oh, what a cost. Don't ever let what Christ done become commonplace. Oh, what a cost to redeem our souls. Oh, what a cost. The Lord Jesus Christ, our surety, died for the sins and transgression of his people. Don't ever let that become commonplace. Sin is so exceedingly sinful that Christ had to die for it in our place. Our sin. Our sin. You know, what love was manifested when he did that. What love. Scripture says we were enemies with God. That's what the Scripture said. In our natural state, in that word enmity, I looked it up this week. That means we hated them. That's in the Greek. That's God's word that says that. What love. What love Christ has for his people. That he would go to Calvary's cross. What love he has for his bride. What love? What cost? To redeem his bride. With his own precious blood. Truly then the words of the bride. In the book of the song of Solomon. Are so very applicable. Many waters cannot quench love. Floods alive can't quench love. Neither can the floods drown it. If a man would give all the substance of his house for love it would be utterly be contempt. Song of Psalm eight verse seven. Many waters cannot quench love, neither can the floods drown it. We are redeemed, beloved, by the precious blood of Christ, and never forget that. Never forget the cost. Never forget that God is only satisfied with Christ. Never forget that. Many waters cannot quench love; neither can the floods drown it. Let's go back to our text there, and Second Samuel, we we'll read verses twenty-five to twenty-six again. When the waves of death can pass me, the floods of ungodly mad made me afraid. The sorrows of hell can pass me about. The snares of death prevented me. Again, think of that. In light of many waters cannot quench love. Neither can the floods drown it. David went through some, a lot of things. A lot of things. But that love that God had put in his heart for him could not be quenched by the trials and tribulations that he went through in his life. And think of that in light of Christ going to the cross. The love that he has for his people. Going to the cross and bleeding and dying to pay for our sins. Let's read verse 7. In my distress I called upon the Lord and cried to my God. And he did hear my voice out of his temple. And my cry did enter into his ears. The verses we have read tonight are intended as an introductory to, to what's said here. Again, David went through some times of misery. Heartache in his life. His own son turned against him. Remember how close he was to Jonathan. Jonathan. Oh, he went through a lot of different situations that showed him his utter helplessness to deliver himself. Therefore, David describes all the glory to the one. He cries out to the one who he said in verse 2 is his rock and his fortress. His deliverer, the God of my rock and it's him who David trusts, beloved. Do you trust the same God that David trusted in? Is he your deliverer? Can you say, He's my deliverer? He's the God of my rock? I pray by God's grace you'd be able to. Now, David's going to use some expressions in the next few verses to show forth the grandeur and majesty and presence. Of the Lord with his people. And think of how the majesty of God was on display. When he took the children of Israel out of Egypt. His mighty hand and his mighty power was on full display, wasn't it? They couldn't deliver themselves. Not at all. Think of how when they went through the Red Sea. He was with them. Think of all their time wandering in the wilderness. He was ever with them. Took them right through it all. Think of when he descended on Mount Sinai when the mountain moved and quaked exceedingly at his presence. He was with them. We see then in verse 7 that David cries out to the Lord, and he knows that he, he knows that his enemies are too many for him. He knows that. To withstand on his own. And he knows again his own helplessness. His own inability to cope with his enemies. But God manifests his grace towards him. By deliverance from his enemies. And again, remember what we looked at this morning. That these, the Old Testament is for our learning. For us to see that the Lord's ever with us. That he always takes care of his people. Let's read verses 7 to 19. In my distress I called upon the Lord and cried to my God. And he did hear my voice out of the temple. And my cry did enter into his ears. Then the earth shook and trembled. The foundations of heaven moved and shook because he was wroth. There went up a smoke out of his nostrils and fire Out of his mouth devoured. Coals were kindled by it. He bowed the heavens also and came down, and darkness was under his feet. And he rode upon a cherub and did fly. And he was seen upon the wings of the wind. And he made darkness pavilions round about him, dark waters and thick clouds of the skies. Through the brightness before him were coals of fire kindled. The Lord thundered from heaven. The Most High uttered his voice. And he sent arrows and scattered them, lightning and discomforted them. And the channels of the sea appeared. The foundation of the world were discovered at the rebuking of the Lord, at the blast of the breath of his nostrils. He sent from above. He took me. He drew me out of many waters. He delivered me from my strong enemy. And from them that hated me, for they were too strong for me. See, David admits his, his weakness. He admits his inability to deliver himself. They prevented me in the day of my calamity before the Lord, or but the Lord was my stay. The sacred writer, one commentator says, seems to have had in view the Lord's descent on Mount Sinai at the giving of the law. But we know this was also delivered under the spirit of prophecy, beloved. And it also has reference to the triumphs of the Lord Jesus Christ at his death and at his resurrection. Turn, if you would, to Matthew 27. Matthew 27. Hawker brings forth that the earthquake at the death of Christ testified of the Lord's displeasure at sin. And the earthquake at his resurrection testified of God's perfect approval of the redemption of the Lord Jesus Christ by him for his people in raising him from the dead. Matthew 27, verses 50 to 54. Jesus, when he had cried again with a loud voice, yielded up the ghost. And behold, the veil of the temple was rent in twain from top to the bottom. That in itself is an incredible thing. But it represented now that that Jews and Greeks could both enter into the Holy of Holies. beloved. And the earth did quake, and the rocks rent. And the graves were opened, and many bodies of the saints which slept arose. And came out of the graves after his resurrection and went into the holy city and appeared unto many. Now when the centurion and they that were with him watching Jesus saw the earthquake and those things that were done, they feared greatly, saying, Truly, this was the Son of God. Now turn one more chapter over. Matthew 28, we read of the resurrection of Christ. We'll read verses 1 to 10. In the end of the Sabbath, as it began to draw toward the first day of the week, came Mary Magdalene and the other Mary to see the sepulcher. And behold, there was a great earthquake. For the angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat upon it. His countenance was like lightning and his remnant was white as snow. And for the fear of him, the keepers did shake and became as dead men. The angel answered and said unto the woman, Fear not ye, for I know that ye seek Jesus which was crucified. He is not here, for he is risen. As he said, Come, see the place where the Lord lay, and go quickly and tell the disciples that he is risen from the dead. And behold, he goeth before you into Galilee. There shall you see him, lo, I have told you. And he departed quickly from the sepulchre with fear and great joy, and did run to bring his disciples' word. And as they went to tell his disciples, behold, Jesus met them, saying, All hail. And they came and held him by feet and worshipped him. Then said Jesus unto them, Be not afraid. Go tell my brethren. Go tell my brethren that They go into Galilee. And there shall they see me. Note in verse 2 there in Matthew 28, there was a great earthquake. John Gill brings this forth. There had been one, which, how far it reached and whether further than the spot of ground in which the tomb was, is not certain. It was an emblem of the shaking of the earth by the preaching of the gospel the sound of which was now to go after Christ's resurrection to the ends of the world. In a prelude of the general resurrection, when the earth shall be shaken and the graves open and the dead come forth, and was a symbol and token of the presence and majesty of Christ, at whose rising, as at his death, the earth shook and trembled. It just shows the majesty of our God. It just shows the majesty of our God. So David's using expressions of the shaking of the earth and the foundations of the heaven in light of the mercies which the Lord showed him in his continuance deliverance and being constantly delivered from his, from his enemies by the almighty power of God. So David using these expressions again is bringing forth the absolute sovereignty of God in all situations, in his majesty, In his power. Think upon this when sinners are awakened and converted by the gracious operation of God the Holy Spirit. Do not our souls testify of these mercies which David speaks of? When we're born again, do we not say these words like David said Oh, he's my rock, he's my fortress, he's my deliverer, he's my savior. When we are apprehended by God's grace, And know who God is. Are we not shook through our frame, beloved? When we get that first glimpse of who God really is, are we not shook to our frame? And then as we grow in grace, we're just in more awe of who He really is. He's not who we thought He was. He's God. Almighty. Majestic. Holy. Righteous. But the believer says He loves me. He loves me and he's loved me with an everlasting love. Oh, my soul, what wondrous love is this? Oh, my soul, oh, my soul. These words David pens here are similar to the song of Moses. Let's turn to Exodus chapter 15. Where we see Moses and the children of Israel sing the Egyptians, sing out the Egyptians were drowned in the Red Sea. I'll read verses 30 and 31 of chapter 14 and then we'll look at Exodus 15. Exodus 14 verse 30 and 31, the scriptures declare this, Thus the Lord saved Israel that day out of the hand of the Egyptians. God delivers his people out of the hand of their enemies. And Israel saw the Egyptians dead upon the seashore. They saw the enemies dead. And Israel saw that great work which the Lord did upon the Egyptians and the people feared the Lord and believed the Lord and his servant Moses. Now let's read the song of Moses and the children of Israel in Exodus chapter 15. Then sang Moses and the children of Israel, verse 1, this song unto the Lord and spake, saying, I will sing unto the Lord. Why? For he hath triumphed gloriously. Oh, my. Did not our king on Calvary's cross triumph gloriously, beloved? He did. The horse and his rider hath he thrown into the sea. And remember, they saw this. They saw this. They saw those waters close on those Egyptians. They saw it with their eyes. The Lord is my strength and my song. And He has become my salvation. He is my God. And I will prepare Him in habitation, my Father's God, and I will exalt Him. Every believer can say that, isn't it? Every believer can say the Lord is my strength and my song, my salvation. He's my God. It's wonderful. And the only reason we can say that is by God's grace. That's the only reason. That's the only way we can say that. Because if we'd been left in our natural state, we never would have said that. The Lord is a man of war. The Lord is his name. Pharaoh's chariot and his host hath he cast into the sea. His chosen captains also are drowned in the Red Sea. The depths have covered them. They sank into the bottom as a stone. Thy right hand, O Lord, has become glorious in power. Thy right hand, O Lord, hath dashed in pieces the enemy. Oh my. This is the God of the Bible right here. And in the greatness of thine excellency, thou hast overthrown them that rose up against thee. Thou sendest forth thy wrath which consumed them as stubble. I remember reading one commentator and he said, he said outside of Christ standing before God is like standing before a blast furnace and you're a candle. You're just going to melt away from his wrath. Oh my. And with the blast of thy nostrils the waters were gathered together the flood stood upright as a heap in the depths were congalled con- in the heart of the sea. The enemy said, I will pursue, I will overtake. Those Egyptians are like, we're going to get them. We're going to slaughter them all. That's what they thought. I will divide the spoil. My lust shall be satisfied upon them. They were already thinking, we're going to wipe them out, and we're going to take everything that they had, and we're going to go back to, back to Egypt. I will draw my sword, my hand shall destroy them. They were set on destroying the people of God. Thou didst blow with thy wind, the sea covered them. They sank as lead in the mighty waters. It's like you drop a piece of lead in the water, it just goes right to the bottom. We used to put sinkers on our lines when we were fishing. They were lead sinkers. And let me tell you, it took it right down. Oh, my. Who is like unto thee, O Lord, among the gods? Who is like thee, glorious in holiness, fearful in praises, doing wonders? And what a wonder they had just saw the complete deliverance and destruction, deliverance of Israel, and the complete destruction of their enemies. Look at this. Thou stretchest out thy right hand, and the earth swallowed them. Thou in mercy hast led forth the people which thou hast redeemed. Look at that. Thou in mercy. What do we receive, beloved, in Christ? We receive mercy, don't we? Thou in mercy has led forth the people. Well, he makes us willing and he leads us right to Christ, doesn't he? Thou hast led forth the people. Well, look at this. Which thou has redeemed. <laughs> Were purchased by the precious blood of Christ, beloved. Thou has guided them in thy strength. We are kept by the power of God. Unto thy holy habitation the people shall hear and be afraid. Sorrow shall take hold upon the inhabitants of Palestine. Then the dukes of Edom shall be amazed. And the mighty man of Moab, trembling, shall take hold upon them. All the inhabitants of Canaan shall melt away. Fear and dread shall fall upon them by the greatness of thine arm. They shall be as a a stone till thy people pass over. O Lord, till the people pass over. Look at this. Which thou hast purchased. O my purchased. God's people are purchased by the precious blood of the Lamb. Thou shall bring them in, and He takes us to glory, and plant them in the mountain of Thine inheritance, in the place, O Lord, which Thou hast made for Thee to dwell in, in the sanctuary, O Lord, which Thy hands have established. The Lord shall reign forever and ever. Take note of that. Forever and ever. there will never be an end to the reign of our great God. Never. Never. And think of who our salvation's in—in in our great God, the one who reigns forever and ever. Now we see kingdoms rise in this world. We see governments rise in this world, and they fall. What a wonderful verse. The Lord shall reign forever and ever. The horse of Pharaoh went in with his chariots and with his horsemen. They they took right off after the the children of Israel, right into that sea, beloved, on dry land too. And we know what happened to them. The the horse of Pharaoh went in and, and his chariots and with his horsemen in the sea. And the Lord brought again the waters of the sea upon them. They just fell upon them like the wrath of God, beloved. And the Lord brought again the waters of the sea upon them. But the children of Israel went on dry land in the midst of the sea. What a miracle. Not a drop of water touched them. Not a drop. Not a drop of water, beloved. And Miriam, the prophetess and sister of Aaron took a timbrel in her hand, and the woman went out with her, with timbrels and with dances, and Miriam answered them, Sing ye to the Lord, for he hath triumphed gloriously. Oh, he's triumphed gloriously, beloved. The horse and his rider Hath he thrown into the sea? Let's go back to 2 Samuel 22. We're closed with a few words on these verses. We'll spend more time on these two verses next week. But we'll have a few words about these verses now. 2 Samuel 22, verses 19 and 20. They prevented me in the day of my calamity, but the Lord was my stay. He brought me forth also into a large place. He delivered me. God delivers his people. Because he delighted in me. Oh my. That latter part of that verse there. Or well, take note of the mighty deliverance. David was delivered by God from all his enemies. Because he was a man after God's own heart. And he was a man in whom, he, whom God delighted. Not for any merit and In worthiness in him. But all according to the good will and pleasure of God. Because he was one of whom was chosen in Christ. Before the foundation of the world. The father delights in the son. The Lord Jesus Christ. And he delights in all who are in him. He delivered Christ because he was his elect and in whom his soul delighted. And who was daily his delight, rejoicing in his presence before the world was. And Christ delivers his church, doesn't he? He delivers his church. Why? Because we're his bride. We're his bride. The one in whom he delights. I, I could sit in this verse all day long. He brought me forth also into a large place. He delivered. Who delivered us from our sins? Christ. Why? Because he delighted in us? Oh my goodness. Because he delighted in me. It is she, the bride of Christ, that Christ gave himself for. They are ransomed by his blood. And it is them who, who the Holy Spirit regenerates. And sanctifies and seals them up to the day of redemption. But beloved, let verse 20 here. Let verse 20 be a comfort this week. Meditate upon this verse. It's wonderful. He brought me forth also into a large place. He delivered me. God did this. Because he delighted in me. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your goodness and mercy and grace. We who are your people have received in and through Christ Jesus our Lord. And we marvel, we absolutely marvel at the fact that you delight in your people. We know that we are a people given to to you, Lord Jesus, in, in eternity by the Father, based upon absolutely nothing in us, but all by thy mercy and grace of God the Father. We know our own unworthiness. We know we don't merit this salvation. But we are in wonder and awe that you have bestowed it upon us through Christ. Oh, Lord, I pray that if there's any of your lost sheep who will listen to this message, oh, that you draw them in, that you grant them faith to believe on, on you, Lord Jesus. Oh, that you give them the hope in the words that would come from their lips when they're regenerated. Just as, just as David said, you are my rock, my savior, my Lord, my redeemer, Lord. And this is what every blood-bought child of God says. Glory to your name, O Lord. You are magnificent. You are a wonderful, merciful Savior. And we who are your people love you only because you first loved us. In Jesus' name, amen.